Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Do you dream of being CEO of your own empire, running your own company, achieving your life's goals, yet wake up in a cold sweat next to last night's takeout leftovers and a pile of bus ticket stubs? You are not alone. Like many others, you are suffering from a classic case of caviar dreams, tuna fish budget. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Barbuto. And every week, we'll be talking to influencers, trailblazers, disruptors, and risk takers who'll share their own journey to caviar dreams on a tuna fish budget. Side effects may include increased motivation, boundless happiness, and a fast track to success. Hello, caviar dreamers. Hi, caviar dreamers. It's the Margin Lex, and I just have to preface everything. Um, Lexi did not push me down the stairs. <laughs> I had a scar revision under my chin, so I'm very swollen here from my facelift because there was some scar tissue under there. My doctor's a perfectionist, and he wanted to fix it, so I look like I'm talking mouthful marbles. And then while I was there, I was like, Freaking laser under my eyes to get rid of fine lines. So look at this. <laughs> Woo! Baby raccoon! So um, I'm just telling you, we're home. I was like, what the fuck? Do a little work. So I look like a freak. So don't be like, Marge, what happened to you? But look, at, I look like I'm talking a mouthful of marbles because they went under here and, you know, I'm all jacked up and bruised and no one strangled me. But um, that's the shit that happens when you're trying to make yourself look better. So I didn't do another facelift or anything like that. I just had to uh, fix the scar because I had scar tissue that was hurting me a little bit and they had to take it out. It's a little swollen. And you know, this is what happens when you do laser. I'm just telling you that right now. Woo! I am stunning. <laughs> but we have a great, great episode for you. Okay, so there's also no shame in your game. No, no. I am not. I admit to everything I do. Someone wrote to me that day, I'll be honest, you had a nose job. No, no, I did not have a fucking nose job. I'd like to have a nose job because my nose like dips a little. But I was like, no, I didn't have a nose job. Okay, and I have no excuse for looking this hard. But anyway, so we, go. we have great people on today. We do. So this is our first episode that we opened up to Caviar Dreamers to come mm-hmm. and get involved in the podcast. Mm-hmm. So, which I'm super excited about yes. because I am learning from you guys, and we have great dreamers who want to come on, and we're going to talk about great stuff. We have Sarah, who's going to talk about being compliant in small businesses. Um, there's small business tax breaks. She's going to talk about hiring, being compliant with the IRS, which is super, super important because you don't want to fuck over the IRS because we get in big, big trouble. And that goes along with us not knowing anything about that. So that's really good. Know yeah, what you're good at. Yeah, know what you're not good at. Yeah, I don't handle do any of that. Uh, my accountant handles that. 
Um, you have a bookkeeper who handles that because I suck at that shit. So you know. she's going to help you and tell you who you should be hiring yeah. and what you need to know. You, Sarah. And then yeah. we have an amazing caviar dreamer, Sean, who follows me, and I love him. We write to each other all the time. He's going to talk about diversity in the workplace. Uh, especially because it's Pride Month, so it's super important. So I'm very, very excited about that because we're all about diversity. Yeah. So that's great. And there was a fabulous win last night in the Supreme Court for equal rights in the workplace mm -hmm. mm -hmm. for gay and transgender people, which is... Yes, and I posted about that, which is so good. And even the person Trump voted in, he probably thought he wasn't going to vote for it, but he did, which, shocker, yes, I'm very excited about that. That's a good win for the peeps. Good win for the peeps. Loving it. And then we have Joseph coming on later on, and he is fantastic. He has a store hitch in Long mm -hmm. Island, a little boutique. Which I've done bingo for, a little boutique, and I love, yeah. it's all about small business, and when he made to decide to open his own store, and I'm super excited to talk about that. I know pivoted during COVID and got hooked up with a lot of Bravo lads to do mm -hmm. some fun stuff. Mm -hmm. So to promote his business. It's all about the pivot. So I love to talk to all different dreamers. So we have a great episode today. So don't focus on my fucked up face and let's <laughs> focus on everybody who's coming on because they're so, so inspiring. Lexi, I'm so excited. We're here with Justin Tavella from Hitch. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I know, be with the Caviar Dreamers. You're very inspirational. Oh, I, I don't, well, thank you. <laughs> I know. First of all, we met because I came on, you pivoted during COVID. We did. You know, you were doing, you're giving back, you were giving back to charity. You had me come on. I did some bingo. But just tell everybody because, first of all, you have two careers. You opened your dream store. But yes. you still, you know, are working, doing other things. So just, like, tell everybody how, like, you, you live so in the... So I um, am in the fashion industry. Um, mm -hmm. I now sell... I went to school for display and exhibit. Um, and belong that... Where did school? FIT. I graduated uh, from FIT. So did the Modge. I know. I um, I did the display and exhibit. I graduated from the display and exhibit department over there. And um, I, before that, I had other, you know, went to other universities and careers. I went to LIM and NYU. And it just FIT seemed like the perfect fit. Um, and more creative for me because I'm a more creative person. Yeah. So I went there, graduated from there. I worked at Daffy's. Do you know Daffy's? Oh, yes. You used to love Daffy's. I was um, so like on the creative team at Daffy's doing all their windows. Mm -hmm. um, and then some internships, you know, went to Bergdorf Goodman, Bloomingdale's, and all that stuff. Um, and then I actually worked with Donatella Versace personally Ooh. as an I intern. How uh, good was that? That was awesome. So I had some good experiences, but it always kept me going back to the sales side. It was like what I was good at, talking to people, introducing myself, and, you know, just doing that. So I started selling mannequins, door fixtures, POP units, um, trade show pop-ups, that whole nine yards industry. I work um, in the city um, with a company called Mannix Brands Display, and I just was lacking the creative outlet. So with the being on the sales side, I still needed that creative outlet. Um, and then um, in 2012, we started our adoption journey to adopt kids, me and my husband. And I was doing like crafting on the side as like a side hustle to pay for the adoption loans, you know, just as like, you know, 
you know, a little side hustle. How amazing is that? So yeah, so we actually, I'm pivoting again. I, we adopted our boys um, through Facebook. How come I didn't even know that you had boys? Okay, that's amazing. I have two boys. Oh my God, I love I have a four-year-old and a three-year-old. Oh, yes. yes, so Vice and Vaughn. Vice and Vaughn. I love that. So I, adopted, I adopted I them from birth. I adopted them for birth. I cut the umbilical cords, everything. We oh. just a great experience. But so I, I, we did that as a side hustle. And then when I came back, when I brought Vice home, um, I was with my business partner now, Justina, on a train ride home from New York City. And I said, you know what? we really need to do this to the next extreme. Let's do it mobile. So we converted a 1964 Shasta camper. Which I love and, that. I love that. And then we started doing pop-ups at West Elm. We started doing at the Roosevelt Field Mall, the Hicksville Mall. And we would just pop up random places and we would sell my merchandise that I would make. And at that time we were getting bigger and bigger. And I was like, Justina, I can't keep up with making all this good, all the merchandise in the store. Either we have to buy or figure something out. She was like, why don't we offer it up to like other other crafters and makers and doers. So that's where our term came from hitchhikers. We brought our hitchhikers along with Hitch um, and we started selling their merchandise. And then it was doing well. And I, I wanted to take the next step into owning a retail store. So then we did a pop-up in a small town in Long Island, Massapequa. And we did it for three months during holiday time and we killed it. And after that, Justina was like, we need a permanent store. And I said, yeah, I wanted it in Babylon Village. So you decided you were going to open a permanent store. You did the pop, you did the three month thing. Then you're like, we need a permanent store. So of August um, 15th of last year, we opened up our permanent store. And congratulations, but you're still, you're still doing your other job too. I am still working full time. Yep. And who runs the store? So I have the luxury of working, um, like two to three days a week. So, um, the store is closed two days a week and then I'm here working from home from the store. And then we have some employees, Justine is here too, my business partner. And then we have, um, three girls that work for us. Oh, so that's great. And how's the store been going? So up until COVID, we were doing really well. Um, and then we kind of, since we were online before and we were pop-up, it was really easy for us to transition back to mobile and online sales. Uh -huh. So we had that in our pocket. Um, so we, it really didn't hit us as bad as it hit other stores. Um, and we also, you know, pulled our, you know, big guns out and we did bingo with you. Um, and we did drag queen bingo weekly and we did paper flowers just to keep people occupied and entertained during quarantine. Um, and you know, we get emails constantly that, you know, it was great that we had this outlet and it was something to look forward to during the week on a Friday or a Saturday. And you know, that felt good, but we pivoted and we made it work. All right. Now, how did so you, smart. So obviously that was such an incredible idea. Did you literally just cold call the girls? Did you have any introduction? Did you just think, you know what? I'm just going to cold call these bitches and get them to play bingo. So um, I Instagrammed like every single person that I would, would do. And then I like did my private investigation, you know, I, and then I reached, I found Tom and Tom was our connection into, um, into you to everyone and that, that was, was so good smart. that was just so smart and also because you know what it is which i think 
what you say to a lot of people, like if you want something, you just go for it. You came up with an idea and it's like, if you don't ask, you don't get, I mean, that was like so smart. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, what, what's the, my biggest thing is what's the worst they can say is no. Okay. Thank you. No, it just, it, we were, it was really, it was great. I mean, I, I couldn't, we couldn't ask for a better turnout. Um, it was an, it was an experience. It was new to us. We were used to doing our in-person bingos. We are known for, Hitch is known for our, the largest in-person drag queen bingo on Long Island. We I, that's so good. Time. We're coming next time. I want to yeah. come in person. Yeah. So we, we, we host once a month. Um, and we can't wait till we're allowed to host again, but we host once a month and it's like 75 people, um, at like a local, uh, village hall. So with wine and beer and soda and then snacks and, and it's a lot of fun. And we do different themes, eighties, nineties, and it's just fun. People dress up and, but yeah. So that's basically and, my last thing. Great. And then it's great because customers from the store and you bring stuff. The town you're in, does it get a lot of foot traffic? Because retail, listen, retail is not easy, which mm -hmm. people know. People always say, should I open a store? Should I not open a store? I think your concept, you know, is different. Do, yes. do, you, do you outright buy the stuff or is it consignment? Do you mind? It's consignment. We have a contract with all of our vendors. So um, that's great. It's very small. Yeah. So we don't really have upfront okay. costs. Um, and yeah, it's consignment. There's over 160 vendors in our store and they're all from like the tri-state New York area. Um, we're starting to like trickle out of New York. So, um, we're getting some unique items in here instead of it's like the repeat stuff, but we try to keep it all local talent. Um, but tri-state is kind of local. Um, so yeah, it's fun. And then we started doing these upcycle uh, designer items that has, has really helped us through COVID, um, like the upcycled keychains, um, like Louis Vuitton, Gucci, and we repurpose them into designer bags and things like that. So that, I think our next progression may be um, luxury consignment, just because um, it's like an, a natural progression. It um, is, and I think you got to keep moving and shaking. Yeah. yeah. That's what I love, which I think is good to inspire people. People, everybody has to pro progress. You have to constantly change your business and reinvent yourself, which I love. Listen, you started with the pop up. You did. You did the hitch. Um, you know the the little pop up truck, and then you had your permanent store, and now you're going to be doing upcycled and consignment, which I love. Is like you don't have a big overhead because you're not laying out money for inventory. Correct. Very smart. That's very smart. So we also were. You know, we were approached that other people want us in other towns in Long Island. And I was thinking about maybe franchising is like, I don't know if that's the right move for us. We have some quirky names like the Hitchhikers, the Hitchers, the Hitches, um, Hitch Happenings. Like, I don't know if it's franchisable. I, I love, you want my honest opinion, what I think you should do, which this should come out. I think you should have the truck. Consignment bags. Yeah. I like the idea of the mobile truck. I love the mobile truck. You the can make it such a great You could show up anywhere, and I love the um, consignment high end bags and things like that. And women will come flocking. Women will come flocking. You show up in a town, and all the, all the good towns on Long Island. And then you have the truck, you know, you'll have the permanent location here. Uh -huh. Like, you know, you're driving out. You'll be picking up the bags. You know what I mean? And people love it. 
They'll be getting the Birkins, the Louis, the Gucci's, the this, the that. You'll be driving to their town. Okay, this week the hitchhikers or whatever is coming. You'll be hitching to the bitches. You'll be, yeah, exactly. And yeah. I think you'll have the van or the truck and it'll be showing up. You can have it painted like a cool handbag yeah. or whatever yeah. it is. And you'll be showing up with the luxury, you know, re, you know, the bags and the and the jewelry. And it's also fun for events too. Like if someone's having like a fabulous cocktail party event type of thing, I think that's going to be the. In my opinion, I think that'll be the progression of your business. I still like the mobile aspect yes. of it because then you could show up places with it. Yeah. So we had the camper, and we would hitch it to like an SUV. And it was like, literally, I said a prayer every time we drove it because literally like a gay guy driving a, just picture in like a 64, like rusty tin box, you know, up to my little cute little SUV um, that's like four cylinder, not really supposed to be pulling it. And I hitch it. And with Justina, one time we locked our keys in there. It was just it's like, it's, just, it's like a comedy show with us, but we had a lot of fun doing it, but I would, I think if we do another mobile aspect, I want it to be drivable and yes, not yes. Hitched, hitched. Exactly. I do, I do love the idea of the drivable and you could get the handbags and all that stuff. Yeah. Maybe I'll get a sprinter. Yeah. I yeah. just think it's such a good idea. People will go crazy because people love it. You could pick up the bags and you could be selling the bags and, and people could go in it. I could just see you showing up at the Hamptons. The fun like aspect of it. Yeah. You know, like the polo matches and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Can you just see that happening? I think you make a fortune. You could have illustrators come who could hand paint the bags for events and stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. really fun. I, I think like that's, that's a great natural progression for your business. Yeah. It's, I think that's a good idea. I love that idea. I could just see a natural progression with you having, you know, you already fun. have it down pat that you did that before. Yes. I think it's a natural idea. You could be doing it with your, well, that's just fine. That's my little business. I love it. That's my little business thing because you already know how to move it forward. Yeah. I think that's a and good I idea. Think that's inspiring to people. So PSC, look, we just did a brainstorm people and this is how you do it, right? Yeah. But he's living his dream. I don't, maybe we shouldn't even put this out there. I don't want to give anybody your idea. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I am living my dream. I, wake up every day and, and I'm motivated to come to this store. And like, and I, my husband thinks that sometimes I work a little too much on it, but like, I don't think it's work. There was a quote recently that he says, it's like, if you wake up, if you go to sleep in the same day you wake up, you're not a go-getter. And I never go to sleep the same day I wake up. Like I'm wake up at seven and I'm like, like the next day at 2 a.m. It's just, you know, you know, my, my brain never shuts off. Oh, good. That, oh, that's a good thing because I don't go to sleep till the next day either. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. late night girls. We're late night girls. I'm yeah. like up late. You know, I go to bed every thinking, pacing. I'm texting you late yes. at night, one in the morning. I'm like, oh, did you, you see this? Did you, did you see, see that? Yes. Yeah, exactly. I love that. It, yeah, I just, it's just the way I work and operate. I just, I get more inspired at night. And I think people also base success just on money. Success is based on happiness. 110 because I know a lot of people with a lot of money who are miserable fucks. Don't you agree? I, I, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think having money is great, and that's why we do work hard. But it has to be a work-life balance. You have to love what you do. Yeah, I, I can honestly say that I love my real, I call it my real job. I love my real job, and I love the business that I'm creating. I, I, I can eat, sleep, 
everything in. Now, I think you know. lived one of my dreams, actually, which was to do the windows at the doors, because that is one of my dreams. Mm-hmm. I live for those windows. Yeah, Lexi so loves to tell but, us about that. It was the most magical experience of my entire... So I'll tell you a little secret. So those windows that you see in Bergdorf, they're actually on chains. So they actually go downstairs to the basement, and then they get they brought up. Wow. Oh. Yeah, uh, most most like big windows like that, like Macy's does that, and um, yeah, most big windows do that. That's so interesting. So they could keep it a real secret. Yeah, and then just bring it up, and then I mean, there's some there are window dressers that actually go into the window and dress and do and finishing touches, but in the basement of like the big box stores, there is like there it's like creative heaven. Oh, it was wow. it was the most magical experience. It, they're a tough crew. Um, but it was the most magical experience ever worth entering for them, yeah. How amazing is that? I know, Bergdorf's windows at Christmas. The way I go past, I, I like die. People, you know, that's like the best thing in the whole universe. And I think yeah, retail's going to make it back to like experience-driven, like I hope it does. I hope it does. Do you, you remember this? Do you remember the store story? Yeah. Yes. And so that I think we're gonna need. I think we're gonna see more of that popping up, where it's more of an experience to come into a store, and that's just my personal opinion. I wanted to be experienced. I mean, my whole life was just about feeling fabrics, going shopping. It was an event. Like Joe and I still. That's what I love to. Like in Europe, it's still like an event. You go into a store. It's about the customer service. It's about the experience. It's not about just, listen, it's nice to shop online, but I love having an experience of feeling the fabric, seeing things, the visual, creative aspect of it is so fabulous. And I think people are so missing out on that. I agree. And I I mean, I noticed we opened (laughs) phase two um, in Long Island, and I feel the people that came into the store were like missing that. They're like, I, I, I'm just so excited to be in a store and touching things. And, and I think that it can go two ways, that people are going to be really scared to come back to shop retail, or it's going to be a massive amount of people. Um, and I think more people are going to feel and support small, bo- small business, small boutiques, because it's safer. Yes, definitely. Yes, I it's think- more controlled shopping environment. Yep. Exactly. I absolutely agree. You know, we didn't ask the other cover jewelers, but you know, we did it. But I think he would really enjoy our questions. Yes, I think it's important the questions for him. I do too. Because you are the epitome of it. You know, the March has like a few things that she says. I always say I'm fifty percent delusion, fifty percent determination. That's how I got where I am. What percentage determination and what percentage delusion? So it's so funny you say that. I think I'm probably higher delusion, but I always put it out there and it didn't happen. And then in a couple of days, di- like I manifest it. Like I, 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 Very I important. manifesting it. And I, and I always say it out loud. And my husband thinks I'm crazy. And he's like, that didn't happen. I'm like, no, it didn't, but it will. And it always does. So I would say I'm probably like 60%. I think I'm more than a hundred. I'm going to say 60, 60. Yeah. <laughs> I have to be, Listen, I have to be higher than a hundred. That's good. Yes. 60 delusion, 60, 60 determination. determination. I love it. Ask them young. Okay, so 
Was there a real defining moment in your career history where you had to pull up your big girl panties? It was defined as a defining moment. moment. What was like the defining moment of like your career that you realized, holy shit, I got to put my big girl panties and do this? I mean, maybe my first business trip, I was like, I cried hysterical. I remember going on my first trade show. I was 19. I was, I was told that Wednesday I was going on Thursday, pack your bags and go to a trade show and set it up and, and start selling for four days, not knowing anyone. And I was like 19. So I cried my whole entire day, that the whole entire three days. And then after that I uh, after like day three and I was breaking down I was like okay I got this like I did it I was able to do it and send me wherever you want to go I remember I, I cried the whole entire time in Chicago though and I was like I can't Aww. believe I'm here this place is and I I'm, I'm from New York City and this place is I this place is dirty I, I mean but like it was just my fear of not stepping out of my comfort zone and doing it I had to put my big girl panties on and do it and I was scared but I did it I mean, at 19, and that's a big yeah. deal. You yeah. Know? And then that, I feel like when people step out of their comfort zone and it's like a defining moment in their career, knowing that they could do it. Yes, yeah. It's a growth moment. Yeah, it's a really big growth moment. I mean, I always have, oh, shit, are we going to be able to do this kind of moments? And then I always doubt myself, but it always turns out to be okay. Like, I always have that. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, it's like, my business partner is very, like, let's X a million and one questions and like think of how the consumer is going to react to it. And I'm like, let's just do it. Like, that's how I'm just like, let's do it. And let's see what happens. And Justina is very like, let's think of what the consumer is going to react to it. So I, it so levels it out. Balance having your business. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I know like, I ask a lot of questions. I know one of my likes. Well, I'm just like, yes! Yes, of course, know. let's do it. Oh my God, of course. I mean, half the time I think of something and I'm just like, like, oh my God. Wait a minute. Will we be arrested? Will we survive this? I'm yeah. like, it's not a big deal. Lex is like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, let's think about it for a second. Yeah, that's just seen as like, let's think about it. And I'm just like, let's just do it. And I, I think know. you need that to keep an even keel in business for sure. Yeah. We always say that we're entrepreneur real because we're not going to tell you like, write a business plan and you're going to oh, go yeah. be the CEO of a Forbes company. We're like, no, get your pens dirty and be real. So what's the most real advice that you could give someone who's thinking of opening yeah. their own store? My realest advice I would probably say is what's the worst you can lose? Just do it. I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's only money and it will always come back. So just do it. Take the risk. You always will gain if you take risk, you have to take risks to make it. Um, and I agree. Do it. Just do it. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, it's exactly. true. It's true. It's even if you lose money, it's a learning experience. There's yeah. like, you know, every failure. It's better than college. Everything has value. It's better. You'll get a great experience, hands-on experience that you won't get at a university. And I know everything from accounting to, you know, paying taxes and payroll and all this stuff and you know it's just do you use, wait do you use a payroll service no okay so um, you're gonna have so we have someone coming on on this on your very episode yes um a payroll service which is very uh inexpensive and they fire all your tax they just and, and it was very interesting to us listen i always used a payroll service when my company was much bigger and they do everything, and it actually makes your life 
really, really easy. And they no, do I'm 99 employees and they do everything yeah. else. So you'll have to listen to that. Oh, I listen all the time. Okay, good. Well, we love you. Just love thank you so much. So thank much. You. you are so inspirational. You. You're well, so fabulous. You. Um, tell everybody how to find you. You can find me at hitchli on Instagram or hitchli.com. Um, and yeah, thank you so much. Thank, thank you so you. much. All Take right, well, bye. bye. I'm so excited. We're so excited. And he's going to talk about diversity in the workplace. And we're all about diversity, so I'm so excited. And I yeah. love him because we are friends on Instagram. That's how I met him, and he's amazing. And you know, he represents the LGBTQ community, and he's you know, I'm fabulous. So thank you so much for coming on today, Sean. Thank you for having me, Martin Lexi. I know. Okay. okay. We are very lucky. Yeah. I mean, in our industry, in our design industry, we have always naturally had a very diverse industry. Yes. Um, tons of different ethnicities, tons of different, um, you know, situations. We were very, yes. very I lucky mean, to be in an industry of fun and fabulous people. Yes. Everybody's creative, fun, fabulous, free to be me. So we've always been diverse industry, but th what industry are you in? Tell everybody. So I work in financial services and I do work in diversity and inclusion. Oh, um, so, great. Yeah, so I've been, I've been working for about three years uh, in this particular role. So I do, I'm, I'm very passionate about it in my personal life, my professional life. I do get to talk about diversity every day. Um, actually, interesting enough, uh, I started my career, I graduated from the University of Arizona with a degree in producing film and television. Ah! So, yes. And I, you know, I did an internship on like a talk show, like that's not even on air anymore. And I was in a desperate rush to move straight into Manhattan from college. And mm -hmm. it was impossible for me to find a job in TV in New York. I should have moved to LA at the time because I was all the way in Arizona. So it probably made more sense, but it was taking so long and all my friends were finding jobs and I could not even land one. Um, so I took a job in marketing, which then eventually led me towards working in diversity. And um, it's great. I mean, I, I think. It was so me, needed. It was so, it's so needed and so good yes. that you're doing that. Yeah, I think it's it's really important. I think there's all different types of diversity, right? Ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation, disability, veteran, mm -hmm. neurodiversity. There's so many different types of diversity. I think what's really awesome is when you bring all different backgrounds to the table, you get the best results, right? So I think focusing in on this is really important and obviously fighting for equality, both inside and outside of work um, is super important. Yes, it's absolutely important. And just tell me when you when you got involved in working in diversity and financial services, because, you know, listen, financial services is known to be very conservative. Just the word itself, financial services, you always feel like it's very buttoned up. Tell me a little bit about that. So most firms actually now all pretty much do have diversity towards a lot of the larger firms. Um, and so it covers a ton of different areas uh you know there's different employee resource groups right so like for me i'm a part of the out network at my company and you know bringing the lgbt community together there's different um affinity groups like that and really just a focus on making sure we're hiring promoting and retaining the right people so that's kind of what i do at, at work every day and then outside of work now i have in my personal life i'm a part of the lgbt community 
I have struggled with mental health, so I am a part of the disability community for invisible disabilities, as well as neurodiversity, which is super important. And a lot of conversations are now happening around mental health and the importance of mental health. So, um, and I'm a huge advocate and ally for the Black community, the Latinx community, the veteran community, disability, women, every community really that there is, I am a strong ally for. Um, And so it's in my personal life and my professional life. And it's, it's great to see both of you using your platform to kind of be these advocates and allies to these communities that need it the most right now, like especially the black community. I have noticed your posts and education and just talking about it and not staying silent on it is just, it's, it's really admirable. Um, And I, and I've noticed more celebrities are starting to use their platforms. So you know, it's it's definitely something that I think you can really help with, right? Because you have such a large following and there's so many people that you can reach. Yeah, so. I think it's also a very big, so it's a social responsibility when you are a public figure, no matter what type of public figure you are. Um, I think it is a social responsibility to do the right thing and, and not stay silent because, and, and I think it's hard. I think some people don't know what to say. Um, obviously I always say what I'm thinking, <laughs> and, but what I found was, actually, listen, like I said to Leslie, I've lost some followers and I was mm-hmm. like, those are not the people I want. Yeah. People who, who don't want me to speak out and, and don't want to follow me. I'm like, you know what, then, then don't follow me because right. you have to do the right thing in life and yeah. always speak up. I said what was very interesting in my childhood growing up with Mark Sr., in the 70s, um, very bohemian. Uh, all her friends were very diverse. Um, she had, all her friends were gay. I never knew being gay was different, truthfully. And it was very strange to me when I got older, and even in middle school, um, you know, I picked up on, you know, my, you know, my gay friends or whatever. I knew right away. And if like there was a snide comment, I was like, what's the big deal? I never knew people were um, going against gay people. It was, it was yeah. so foreign to me. So when I found out that it was such a shock and an upset, it's just so upsetting. So that's why I just feel like I'm such an advocate um, for, for the LGBTQ community, especially growing up with everybody, you know, in my life, you know, was in the LGBTQ community. I couldn't imagine right. Not yes. loving everybody and, and feel, I mean, listen, I hate to say, A, I'm a gay man in a girl's body. And, and, I just, and, and, and I mean, maybe this is against the heterosexual community, but the LGBT community just has the best of both worlds. I'm yeah. sorry. They're colorful, creative. They have every component that's fabulous. <laughs> and that's what I always say. How could you not be obsessed with the LGBTQ community? I agree. They're just the best in the whole world. I mean, to me. You know, and I just think it's, no, but it's true. There is just, the world would be so boring without diversity. And I don't understand people who just can't accept everybody. That's why I'm so happy, you know, that we have you on to talk about it. And especially this month is Pride. Growing up, did you come out to your family right away? Did you, you know, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so I came out when I was like 20 years old. I was in college. Um, and all I really cared about was like, just don't turn 21. So like a couple months before my ter- 21st birthday, I came out to my family. Wasn't, wasn't difficult at all. Tons of support. Um, and then, 
afterwards it was like, whoa, like really all those years for nothing, like these sleepless nights and the fears. And so not everyone has it that easy. And I was really just overwhelmed and happy to be accepted for who I was. Um, and the outpour of people I went to, you know, high school with, middle school with, family, friends, just reaching out to me was really unbelievable. Um, and actually my boyfriend, he recently just came out. He's 39 years old. So he okay. just came really? out. Just, right? so, just came out yeah. to his family and everything. Justin else. just came out to his family. Wow. Same thing, went super well. Everyone was more than supportive, but you know, he, it took him a little bit longer and he didn't struggle. He, he really, it was just personal to him to just keep it to himself and, and be mm -hmm. private about it. For me, I'm the type of person that needs to like scream from the rooftops and like let everyone know what's going on at all times. That's okay. So for That's me, it's perfect. Harder. I get the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> and it was fun. It was fun. You know, those years, I feel like the past, you know, the past decade was me really understanding what it means to be a gay man and how to celebrate it. Like, I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't even pay attention to the issues that were going on in the world. I was really just focused on, can I just fix this? Like, can I not be gay? And then when you accept the terms that that's not a choice, uh, you can then become your authentic self. And it's been great and fun. And I get to talk to all my friends about the Marge and you are so supportive. Thank you. I am so, so sweet. And I am so grateful that you are so good and supportive to me. But you know, what's so great also with, you know, NBC Universal, we have yes. our out program as well which I love and that, you know, so many big companies do have the, the out program and, and that you're working with this. Wait, so do you, you live in New York right now, right? So I just left New York City. I'm now in Bergen County. Oh, awesome. Wait, wait, why are you coming over? I'm yeah. coming over as soon as you invite me over. Yeah, we're totally oh, we're going out. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. as soon as this clears oh, up by next week, you're coming over. <laughs> but that is so funny. No, so you should come yes. next. You should come next Wednesday. Yes, we're doing a. Pride I'm doing pride. a pride thing in Englewood because you know I'm like uh, Miss Englewood. I do the pride um, flag with our mayor. We're doing for NBC out pride flag in the morning, and then we pick up the little brunch. Awesome. Yeah, I'll give you the details. So that's what I just want to tell everybody. But you know what I think is so important. Um, to everybody listening about diversity and diversity in the workplace, the Caviar Dreamers who follow us and everybody who follows the show and follows us, to be accepting. And it makes it for such a better place to work. No one wants a homogeneous society, okay? That's boring as fuck. That's what I think. You know? yeah. And I think, and I love that companies um, have diversity programs. It's funny because Marge Sr., years ago when she worked at Pepsi prior to working for me also worked in it was at the time yeah. which was a little weird at Pepsi it was called ethnic marketing but she worked in the ethnic diversity department Marge senior did wow. and I which is which is so great and she's so such an ally also and, and it was with the Latina community and the um at the time, you know, then you always had to say African American, and now you say black. You know, we always want to be politically correct and say the right thing. But also, she always was ahead of her time. Yes, yeah, she definitely was, Marge Senior, which which is so nice growing up with someone like her. You know, but it, it's very funny because she was single. I would have friends that weren't allowed to sleep in my house because I I had a divorced mom. Really? Is that weird, Sean? Yeah, that's so weird. Isn't that weird? 
in the seventies, uh, fathers didn't want their daughters sleeping at a single woman's house. Wow. Yeah, that is so bad. I mean, there's there's issues all over the place. It's terrible. I think the one thing that I will say is most people will not work at a company if they don't feel like they're going to belong. So mm-hmm. if they look at your if they look at a company and there's no diversity and inclusion, there's not people that look like them where they where you can say I can succeed here. Like look at this individual. If you don't have that, they're not going to work for you. And there are places that are doing really well with diversity and inclusion. And so to me personally, it's a big deal for me. I would never work somewhere that, you know, didn't appreciate diversity and, and didn't didn't believe in the business case of diversity and inclusion. So it's definitely important. And I think, you know, outside of the workplace, I mean I mean, listen, also just to mention obviously the big win with the Supreme Court and Oh my God, that was such a good great. There's still more work to do because that's just the workplace, right? You need to talk about housing. You need to talk about finances and education. And there's so many other things to tackle. So they're now like the next, the next uh, law that uh, allies and the LGBT communities look, you know, push for is the equality act, which will cover those. Um, But, but still major win. It's just crazy to me to think that we're still even in a place where we have to, to do this. This was a big victory for humanity. I felt yesterday in times that are so rough, the last, I mean, listen, this last month sucked. Very somber times. You thought COVID was the worst thing that was going to happen to us. Right. I mean, it's been heartbreaking. And I I think, again, the LGBT community this year, celebrating Pride, it's going to be a huge focus on the Black community as well. Because we are all looking to fight for the same thing as equality. And we're going to be there for the Black community. And we're going to work together. And um, this year for Pride, they're going to do a big global event. It's going to be like a live stream on June 27th with pop stars and world leaders. And uh, it'll be like the first time ever that there's this big global event people could actually go to virtually. Actually, for the people that can't usually travel to the big cities like San Francisco and New York, et cetera, um, they can attend, right? People who are not out of the closet can yes. attend. So, so many people can celebrate. So there are some positives to celebrating Pride virtually this year. I think um, the most special part will be the LGBT community really pushing for the Black community. Yes. It'll be really special for the intersectionality. There's a a big part of the LGBT community that's Black. And so it'll be be great to celebrate uh, together and, you know, just being allies. Talking about this stuff is definitely hard. It's uncomfortable. Everyone's fearful that they're going to say the wrong thing. But I just know from my research of how to be a good ally, you just can't be silent. And so... You are absolutely right. And you know what? People can't shame someone else. If you do say something wrong, it's it's about learning. And I think that's what it is. It's it's to educate somebody. Yeah, everybody can't start screaming at each other. You know, everybody makes a misstep. So if, and I want everybody to know that if you make a misstep, okay, it's it's okay. If you're trying to ask something, just be open to conversation, learning. Um, I think that's what's very hard. I think when... You know, I think people get very offended very easily. Um, I don't think this is a time for anybody to be offensive or defensive. Yeah. You know, everybody's, you know, if you truly want to learn and and see change, you know, that's what it's about. Come with good intention. That's what I think that's really what it's about. Yeah. And I think the best thing you can do is just be honest and just say, listen, I don't know if I'm saying the wrong thing. Like, you know. And, and, and go from there and 
be as honest as you can that it's uncomfortable for you, but you want to talk about it. Um, and so I think we have a lot of work to do. And I think the one thing that uh, we all need to focus on is not just letting this be a, a one month thing, right? Yeah. It has to continue and we need to build on it. Um, but I'm hopeful. And I, and I have seen some positives from the past difficult month with the racial injustice. Um, and now we're seeing some positive changes happening with the Supreme Court, right, with the LGBT community. So I think we're, we're making progress. It's difficult. Um, but again, it's something that we have to focus on for the long term. Yes, I just want to go back to the um, June 27th event because I want everybody, um, I want to put that on our website. Yes. I want everybody to be able to log on to that. We'll find That's the information. Sure. I'll put that yeah, on the website. Yeah, find the information. It will be a 24-hour um, live stream globally. So we'll find it and we'll, we'll share the link around. Are there, with are there any favorite um, LGBTQ charities that you, that you love or anything for diversity that that you want people to be involved in or just anything like I heard, like for kids, there's one that I love for transgender children or, or kids that are struggling or, or get to live out loud that I, that I get involved. Do you, are you familiar with live uh, out loud? I feel like I've heard of live out loud before. It's uh, kids that are transgender or um, it's, you know, or gay or whatever. And it's about, it's so, it's so great. And every school, has um, it's a lot about representation. Yeah, I can't get that. I can't get my words up. Yeah, representation, their community. Yeah, representation in their schools, and but it's find allies and role models and then positive role models. When you're a little kid and and you're you're not sure, you know, if you're gay, if you're transgender, you have no one to discuss. So it's about having a community within your school and finding positive role models and a place to go. And, and it's such a great you know, organization, live out loud. Now there's just so many networks set up that people are so much more well-informed and know what's going on with and their kids. And we can only get better. We yeah. can only do more. Yeah, exactly. Because the suicide rate with, with being well, transgender. I was just about to say, I love that you said you work with mental health charities. Yes. That's something that's very close to my heart. I lost my father to suicide and my husband is bipolar. So that's something I've always wanted to advocate for heavily because I think especially at this period now, in a pandemic and with everything that's going on and social media, mm -hmm. mental health is, I think it's more difficult to take care of your mental health than it is anything right now. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's so important to take people. We need to learn how to take care of our mental health and let, and let everybody know to change the mindset that it's just like your physical health we all need to take care of our mental health. It's not such a bad thing to talk about. I think right now when we say mental health, you're going to think disorder, right? You're going to go there. But I mean, I've been meditating every day during the pandemic because it keeps me calm and, and helps, right? And so, and physical activity too helps with mental health. So there's so much that you can do with mental health. But I do think that raising awareness on the importance of mental health is equally as important you know, all these topics are important. They all deserve the attention and the advocacy that they that they need. And there's so much that we can all do. And I try to give back as much as I can. And I try to be active and I try to be a role model for others and give back. Um, but I still think that there's more that we can do. And um, there's definitely some great resources that I can share with you and, and you can 
highlight and, and share with everybody some great organizations that we can. Yeah, I think we should definitely highlight and share some, yeah, with the caviar dreamers. Because I think people don't know the right organizations to go to and they, and they want to make a difference and people don't know, you know, where to donate yeah. or, what, or, or how to help. You could, you could do a post, you could do a donation. You know, listen, I always do, Lexi and I are big with change.org. You know, change.org every day. I'm like signing a petition. It's as simple as signing a petition. You could do right. anything to, you know, to make a difference. Every every little bit helps, and, and just to do the right I thing. I even have an open, honest, and like you said, sometimes conversation. conversations. Yeah, all raises awareness. Super super difficult conversations, but definitely necessary to have. And the awareness and the education, especially if you're an ally, if that's what you can do right now, just do your part, right? And and so I've been doing my part. Um, and I know you guys have both been doing your part. I've seen, I've been commenting, liking all of your stuff. Um, it's, it's great though. I mean, you guys are taking time out of your day to talk about this. I don't know many people that are doing doing the same. And so it's super appreciated from, you know, on behalf of my communities that I'm a part of, but you guys really are doing such great things, especially uh, thinking about the the younger audience that probably looks up to you and knowing that you accept them for who they are, which is super awesome always. No, it's so great. You know what, when anybody writes to me, I get so, I could get uh, here, I get here. Yeah. I have so many great people that write to me. You know, it really like touches my heart and I was like, I'm the mother, like all yes. these like young well, you little boys. Well, you're nurturing your mother. Like, yeah, it makes me cry actually a little bit. It is, it's just, it's really, really nice. You know, I, I just, I guess I feel like I found my right people. Very lucky. I'm very lucky. I found my right peeps, you know? Yeah. And right. I feel like maybe I'm on the, uh, sometimes am I on the wrong show? <laughs> you know, should I be like on a show with like, well, me, me and all my gay men? <laughs> that, that could be might be a better show for me. Like I'm in the wrong body, you know? I'm meant to be, you know? Gay men in a girl's body, but I'll, I'll stay the girl. You know? All right, Sean, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you this for having so me. good. I bye. 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 Sarah, first of all, I'm so excited to have Sarah on today. Yes. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. Because you know what? When you have a business, a small business, any kind of business, who the hell knows what you do in payroll? Not us. Not us. Thank God we had Mark Singer, my accountant. But, you know, if you, I didn't talk to you, and then Sarah reached out to me. We, we talked to each other. And she has such good advice. There's so many tips that people don't know about. So thank you so much for coming on. Go ahead, Sarah. Oh, yours. Oh, thank you so much for having me on for, you know, the most boring topic, right? Payroll. Nobody wants to talk about payroll. Nobody wants to do payroll, okay? When you are just starting out, you know, as a caviar dreamer, you're thinking of your business, your ideas. Everything that you are focused on is, this is not my new business. This is my baby. And then you're like, oh, crap. I just hired an employee. And then, then this is another good point. Should it be a W-2 or a 1099? None of my business owners that I work with, they don't have a clue, you know? And we like to say, you know, if you're doing a contract work or something like that, that's great for a 1099. What's nice is payroll companies can handle that too, right? Um, business oh, I didn't, like, I didn't know, know that. that. I didn't know payroll companies can handle 1099s. A lot of people don't. They just think, okay, I'm just going to calculate all these year-to-date numbers and their salaries and then, you know, just 
pray to the gods that I get their W-2s right for their 10 or their 1099s right at the end of the year, right? So they do both. They do, you know, your W-2s and the 1099s. So I am just love to preach about having somebody outsource your payroll because it is such a pain in the butt. As a business owner, you are only thinking about your business. You're not thinking about, you know, being compliant with the IRS. And then if you've got a W-2, Marge, tell me this. When you first started, did you even know how to calculate your state unemployment, your federal no, ID? We had we had a pay no, we, we had a payroll service. We had to have a payroll service because we're like completely inept. Yes. And then a lot of business owners think, you know what? I'm going to save some money. Let me just do this myself. And it is, it's so hard because you need to know on the employee and on the employer side, all of their state unemployment, which by the way, changes. If you have a lot of unemployment in your company, that number skyrockets, right? So you can make sure that you're paying the state for unemployment, um, the federal for your taxes, right? Your Medicare, social security, Crazy. If you have them and you're like, wait, did I do the right percentage? And then when you find out that you didn't, then you get these audits, right? And if you're a small, small caviar dreamer and you're about to just like make it big, your company can go under because of this audit that you just had. And it's like, man, for the price of, you know, payroll service to do it, why not? have you know an expert outsource it right it, it just makes sense i mean 40 percent of americans pay a minimum of 800 per year on payroll tax penalties and that's a minimum i mean people are paying five thousand ten thousand you know so you know have you know the paychecks have a corporation who is actually licensed and bonded with the irs just do it for you and a lot of people think, well, you know, Marvin down the street's got a payroll company. Let me just pay him. Okay, Marvin isn't licensed and bonded with the IRS. So he can literally take your money, not pay anything, and he is not liable for it. Like, it's wild. But that happens. And then we get all these, you know, these poor companies, they're like, yeah, we're about to go under because we thought that this, you know, reputable payroll company was going to take care of us. So whatever you do, find one that's actually licensed and bonded with the IRS. And then, um, Marge, what about this? With your company, did you do PPP loans this year? Did you take advantage of that um, during COVID? I, I probably should have, but I didn't because I don't have a time to play, so I just kept paying them. <laughs> like, but I should have. Yeah, but you're amazing, okay? Because you didn't have to do that. And that's... Well, I probably still could take a PPP loan. Yes. The government still has money to give. They still I felt like they ran out of money, whatever it was. Exactly. So what is nice is, you'll love this, if you've got a payroll company, end of the year, guess what? The government, they're not giving that money out for free. They're going to be like, hey, it's time to pay, right? And you need payroll reports, you need payroll summaries, general ledger reports, you need everything to show that you've been actually paying these people. 
Where does that come from? Oh, let me just make it up. No, you can't make it up. A payroll company actually has these reports and you're legit and then you can pay it back. I don't know. There's so much more legislation that's been out that that they need to convey this to their um, employees. And I just heard on NPR this morning that employers need to now put in their employee handbooks that you cannot sue me if you got COVID while you were working for me. Like, okay. All right. Okay. Take your, take it as your notice right now. No suing the Marge if you get the COVID. You and Marlene. Yes. So, so Marge, so get your payroll company to put that in the employee handbook and they should, right? You also mentioned how if you hire certain people, um, yeah, you get money. Tell us about yeah. that. So this that is companies don't know about. I'm so glad you brought this up. So it's called Watsi Work Opportunity Tax Credits, and it's been around since 1992. And the government every year keeps renewing, keeps renewing it. And what this is is, if you are a business owner and you hire somebody in, if it's a retired vet, if it's somebody on government assistance, um, there's 12 different categories. And at a payroll company, we will apply for these loans for you and then give you your money at the end of the year. But since you're hiring these people, you get $1,200 to $9,600 per employee as a business owner. And you know why? The government is sick of paying unemployment for them. And they're like, yes, somebody hired them. Let's go. I'm going to give you money for that. So business owners are like, what? What's that? What's a work opportunity tax credit? How do I apply? And since we're bonded, you know, licensed and bonded with the IRS, we know where to apply. We know where to take the money from, and we give it right back to you. And you can use it for your taxes. You can use it for supplies. And we've had, like, really big success stories, 35000 96000 you know, 150000 tax credits, you know, and these people are like, yes, that's that paid for my payroll, that paid for my taxes this year, this paid for everything. And if you do not use all the money, it just keeps going and going and going to the next year until it's that's, gone. That's amazing. that's amazing. All these people want to work. They just came out of prison. Bet they want to work. They're not done, you know? Guess what? I got the work for you. And you everybody deserves a second chance. You know, yeah. I mean, and everybody. Thank you. Yes. Yep. And it's so funny because the business owners tell me, Sarah, these are the hardest working people I've ever had. And for me to get paid now because of this person works for me, man, I need to pay them this money, you know? So, I mean, it, it is huge. It's huge. Um, work opportunity tax credit. That's what it's called. You got to use it. You have to use it. Payroll company, they'll know about it, you know, and, and if they don't tell you about it, they're doing a disservice to you because you deserve this money and you're the person giving these people a second chance. So come on. So win-win. There's like five like top reasons to outsource. So you're saving time. As a business owner, do you have time to go and spend, you know, calculating all these different payrolls out, making sure they get paid? Hell no. No, you don't. No. You're worried about your no. shipment. You're worried about your next product. You're worried about something else. And it's just not possible. And, and what's nice is the payroll company, shoot, 
just send your hours to your specialist. They'll process it for you. They'll calculate your federal, your local, your taxes, and they will pay everybody for you. Direct deposit, check, you know, whatever you feel like. Um, and, and they'll keep you 100% compliant with the IRS. So save time, save money. It's so much cheaper. It's, it's like, why don't you have a parent company? Let me ask you something. Like, yes. I think people get confused about this issue. We had some 1099, some W2 employees. Do you pay work? I can't even look at myself because I look like a fucking chipmunk, <laughs> so I can't even look in the camera. Okay, um, it's very painful. But uh, that's side note. But do you pay workman's comp on 1099 employees? So, so that's that's such a good question. And you would not for W two employees. You would. And and what's so nice is we've got um, um, it's called workers' comp payment service. So instead of you paying a big old lump sum at the beginning or end of the year, they're gonna break it down for you during the entire year. You know, because who's got another five grand, ten grand? You know, if you're just starting out, to just dole out to an insurance company. Let us do it for you. Let us break down these payments and actually calculate it correctly. That's such a good question. Yeah, workers comp, and it's mandatory in many states. How nice would it be if you actually had a system that broke it down for you instead of you just paying out that big lump sum? Nobody wants to do that. Nobody's got that extra cash just lying around, especially if you're just starting, you know? Um, you just don't have it. And then another good thing, you know, a, a reason to outsource your payroll is like the enhanced security, your employees data and all their personal information. I mean, nobody can get through, right? You don't want anybody getting their social security, their address and enhanced security. That is also huge. Instead of just keeping it around the office and believe me, I've had many people who just keep it around the office, you know, so you just need to tell them, Hey, come on. Let's do this right. Do you nothing? Can you do with the payrolls or is a 401k? Yes, absolutely. You know, paychecks, we've got our own 401k. But what's nice is maybe you love your 401k, right? And you want to keep it? No big deal. We're going to take out your match and we're going to take the client's match and then we're going to pay it off for you. It's, you know, fully integrated in the system. And that's, that's such a good question because people think, oh, payroll's got nothing to do with that. Yeah, it is. Because that's another thing that we take off of the hands of, you know, the employers. Even health and benefits, you know, we do that too. The big thing is human resource services, right? You can get anything from, hey, you're calling somebody on the phone and asking a simple HR question. Um, there's an HR library where you can type it in. Well, we've got systems where you can actually have somebody come in um, for human resources and make sure everything is compliant within the office. So if you're just starting out, get it done. We need to keep everybody 100% compliant, and then we take 100% liability. Maybe we missed 10 cents that we didn't pay. You think that's coming back to the employer? Hell no. We got that. We've got you covered. Peace of mind, right? And I think it's so important. Like that's that's one thing that we always tell everybody. We know yes. what we're good at. You have to know what you're not good at. We obviously suck at that stuff. So when I had a much bigger company, we always, you know, we always had a payroll service. Yeah, always do that. Even if you have a small company, it it, it is very easy to have that. Um, there's no minimum of employees you need for a payroll service, is there? You're going to love this little saying, you only need two feet in a heartbeat, okay? He's like, you need <laughs> I know. 
two feet in a heartbeat. You need one person. That is it. 40% of our 650,000 clients are one employees, one employee S-corps, because they know the value and they know that is way less expensive to pay a payroll company than get that audit and then pay the government the money. It's really, it's really a no-brainer. We have, you know, service 24-7 within the United States. So you can call and you're like, man, Rick didn't get paid. I forgot to pay him. Don't worry, we got recovered. We have somebody available for you all the time. And then you get your own specialist from, you know, eight to five who knows all your employees, who knows everything that you're doing. So there's no lack of customer service, which is huge because I don't know about you, but I can't stand being on the phone for half an hour when I'm doing something and waiting like, okay, I'll figure this out myself. No, how am I going to do that? So that's huge. <laughs> that's the, you know, the best part. You work for paychecks. Paychecks is great. That's the service that I use. Uh, we had paychecks and you know, that's the biggest probably payroll service, right? Yep, exactly. And you know what? Look around, you know, see what's best for you. There's a lot of companies that, like I said, are not licensed and bonded with the IRS and do not give you the customer service that you need. That's my biggest thing, especially if you're a business owner. You need somebody who's going to answer that phone when you've got a question, because guess what? Your mind's on something else. Any kind of business could use a payroll service, be it a store, a manufacturer, um, any, a doctor's yes. office, totally. a restaurant, any, a salon, any kind, yeah. any kind of business could really use a payroll service. That's, that's really what it is. Exactly. That's really what it comes down to. And it just makes the taxes are paid, you're compliant. Just quickly explain the difference between a W-2 and a 1099 employee. Because I don't think everybody really realizes what that is. Actually, you've got no idea. They're, they're always wondering, shoot, do I pay this person as a 1099? A really big indicator would be if you are setting a schedule for your employees, hey, you need to be here eight to five, Monday through Friday, or this. If you're setting them a schedule, if they're wearing uniforms, that's a W-2 employee, okay, all the way. Um, if they want their taxes taken out, you know, and get a nice W-2 at the end of the year, that is a W-2 employee. Be at yep. a certain time, leave by yes. right? Yes, yes, exactly. And a lot of people don't know. If you're a 1099, you know, you're usually a contractor that we're calling – Know, maybe once or twice a week. Hey, can you do this job for me? Um, you know, it, it'll be like paid this amount of hours. Freelance. Yes, yes, freelance, exactly. I've had a lot of 1099 freelance designers. Or, you know, they work for me, but they also work for someone else. They work for other people. Exactly. They work for a bunch of other people doing jobs here and there. You want to say compliant? We just get their wages, boom, 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 all over the year. And at the end of the year, we give them a nice little 1099. Boom, here it is. Then you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to fuss with it. And then you're still compliant. Um, another nice thing is, is we've got these awesome apps. So what's nice is with this app, what they can do is they can actually pull up the hours they worked. They can pull up past pay stubs. So if they're trying to apply for a mortgage, maybe get a car, and they need this proof, they actually have it right there. Reason that's, that up. that's yeah, amazing. That is because it's so hard. You don't want to bother yeah. your employer and then you feel like you're going to and you're asking for stuff. It's all that. You do not want to bug your employer who's who's busy, who is 
you know, up to their eyeballs and work, right? Log in yourself. Everybody's got their own logins and they can pull the information when they need, which is great. This is amazing. You are so helpful. That was so insightful. I love the, the Watsi program. Yes. I love all the services that a payroll service does. It just takes the time and effort off. I mean, listen, starting your own business is not inexpensive, but take the headache away so you have time to focus on making money as opposed to wasting time. Because any time away from being creative or selling or hustling is time away from making money. Right? Yeah, time That's what I literally said. is money. Yeah, time is literally money, right? Exactly. And I'm so glad you're on board because it's like, this is just... Again, you know, the most boring thing to talk about, but guess what? Everybody needs it. Everybody's got to outsource and it's freaking feels like doing it. I mean, I hate doing shit yeah. like that. I mean, yeah. I, I definitely, right? Yeah, it's, the, it's the last thing I want to do is sit down and crunch numbers. I'd rather, we have so many products you want to design, develop, yeah. you want to do, you know, think new, new ideas to explore, but it has to be done. You've got to be compliant and you've got to get it right from the start. Exactly. No one wants the headache of dealing, you know, with the IRS right from, right from the beginning. You just, you just do the right thing. Then you get ready to your taxes. It goes right to the account. It's all cut and dry. Nice and simple. Sarah, you're adorable. You should be the spokesperson. You should be the spokesperson. You should be the spokesperson. <laughs> no, I, I truly love it. And I'm helping people, right? I've been in sales for over 12 years now. And man, every day I go to work and it's not a job. I'm helping people and I love it. I you're love that. Well, you're the best. You've helped so many people today. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. And we have all your information that you gave us. So we'll put it in the bio. We'll put it the in episode. the bio. Ladies, thank you so much for your time. I love you. Have a great love day. You're adorable. Well, you're thank so you cute. You have such on. good energy. Thanks for coming on. Sorry I'm so jacked. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye, guys. You're so Bye, man. We had such amazing people on today. And those the are best. dreamers. Dream the best caviar dreamers. We have Joseph from Hitch. We have Sean, who runs the diversity program. We have Sarah, who, you know, who tells you about the payroll service. She was making payroll sexy. Yeah, making payroll sexy. And you, I had to do an outfit change because my neck was hurting so much. And, you know, and by the time you see me again, you know, I won't have this shit. But... You know, we, we actually, again, you'll be like, you came right out of the womb. I know, I came right out of the womb. I'm going to look so young. I'm going back to my birth years. You uh, have to change your driver's license to get your name yeah. No, maybe. Okay, oh. but with that being said, yes, Caviar Dreamers, you are the absolute best. I hope this was inspirational. I can't wait till more of you come on. I love meeting you all. You have such great stories. Love hearing everything. And you inspire everybody else. You inspire me. Yeah, you inspire us to keep going and try different things mm -hmm. and, and you're inspiring each other. This is such a quick and, and you know, I give good business advice. I mean, and I think I gave just a good idea for his because I'm going to make him do it because I want to, you know, follow that little, um, yeah, you want to hitch, hitch over there. I want to hitch over there and I want that truck to show up in my driveway with yeah. all the bibs. Absolutely. We'll get that going. I'm we'll get that going. It. I'm all about it. So as usual, you can find all the information on the website on mm -hmm. longwithjoseph.com in the caveat dream section, any of the links we talked about today, mm -hmm. any of the um, programs that Sean was telling us about, all the information to Joseph's store and the bingo that they do. If and you want a payroll service, just everything. Everything, everything to be stuff. compliant in life, compliant with diversity, 
and uh, how to start your own business. I mean, seriously, well, how much information? Us. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, bring the it life to of Mrs. B in the March. The people. We're bringing it to you. Bring it so to you. follow us at Caviar Dreams, Jennifer's Budget, mm -hmm. on Instagram and YouTube, and new episodes with Dreamers every week. Every week. So keep an eye out for who's upcoming. We have Gigi Howard from CO Beauty. Oh, which I'm so excited. I mean, I still need my CO Beauty patches, even though I did under my eyes, because you do it on your decolletage, um, you know, your forehead, you do it on your hands. It's great, great for fine lines. See a beauty, best idea ever. Yeah, and so I'm saying, you have really seriously unbelievable business from uh, happens question in a plastic surgeon's office. So she'll tell you all about that, mm -hmm. and she'll be inspiring a dream in the beauty industry too. So exactly, so it's very exciting. Tune in, guys. Keep dreaming.